Our communion meditation is from John 6. I'll read John 6, starting at verse 14, but I first want to fill you in that this is just where Jesus has fed the 5,000 people. And this is what comes right on the heels of that. Starting at verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, let me tell you what happened here. He went to the mountain alone. His disciples went across the sea. He then walked across the Sea of Galilee, joined them, and then these people have sought him out again. And here he is addressing them. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Let's pray. Father God, please open our eyes, awaken us to a greater understanding of your word, of this meal, of what it is that Jesus was teaching uh, both his disciples that were faithful to him, as well as all of these many hangers-on. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom of your word. We thank you now and ask you to bless it to our hearing. In Christ's name, amen. At the start of this chapter, Jesus said that he looked out on these people and had compassion on them because they were in a remote area, because he anticipated, he knew that they must be hungry. They'd been with him, following him for probably, if not all day, maybe even more than that, maybe multiple days. So he had compassion on them. People have physical needs, and Jesus wanted to ensure that those physical needs were met. So 5,000 men were fed at this meal, and it says that that is not even accounting the women and children that were also fed at this meal. What were they there for, though? What were all these thousands of people there for? They hadn't come for food. They had come to hear Jesus. They had come to see Jesus. Yet, a simple meal, a crazy miracle, but a simple meal has caused them now to change their focus. They no longer are seeking wisdom from Christ. They're seeking bread. Jesus tells them, you are here because you want bread. Chick-fil-A recently said that they're going to focus on these three charities, hunger, homelessness, and education. This is like motherhood and apple pie in terms of what businesses support in this country because they think that they won't get in trouble for supporting these things, because everybody supports these things. Everybody doesn't like people going hungry. They don't like people not having homes. They don't like people being ignorant. They want to see them educated because they think that's going to save the world, most likely. And so it's no wonder that Chick-fil-A would also say that this is what they support. They're a big business. They're in it to make money. But what's of concern to many of us Christians who have heretofore been strong supporters of Chick-fil-A is that in the, in the past year, they've been a huge supporter of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Now, you could say 
that Fellowship of Christian Athletes is an educational organization, but I would call BS on that myself because they are an evangelistic organization. They preach the gospel to young men involved in sports, young women involved in sports across this country. And they donated millions of dollars to them. So I guess I wonder now, given that their focus is going to be hunger, homelessness, and education, whether an obviously evangelistic organization, one that is championing the gospel, will continue to receive funds from them. They also have supported the Salvation Army, but they're actively involved in some of these things. I wouldn't think they'll pull their funds from them. But there are many people in our country that have strong concerns about the Salvation Army because of its Christian roots and because of its ongoing Christian influence, although it's spotty. I want to ask you a question. Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children out in this remote area. So who did he feed? He fed these people. Why were these people out there? They were seeking him. When you read the Gospels, one thing that comes clear when you read it, read it, read it, read it, is that Jesus did not go out of his way to heal anybody, to feed anybody. They had to come to him. He didn't put a program in place where he sent his disciples out to feed people in their homes. You know what happened with the invalid. They had to remove the roof and lower him through the roof to get Jesus to pay him any account. We know the girl that was healed of the hemorrhage of blood. She sought him out in that crowd, touched his robe. People went after Jesus for healing. You don't see him going after people. So now do you see the contrast that I've painted? Yes, Jesus commands us to do these things, to care for these people. But it's as they are seeking God. In verse 15, it says, they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. That's why Jesus went up the mountain to be by himself. Because various people of those 5,000 men that were fed we're like, wow, we just won the lottery. We've got this man here that can feed everybody for nothing. We're going to make him the ruler over all of us. And yet, Jesus left them. They had come out with a spiritual hunger. They'd had their real hunger, their stomach hunger, sated. Now they have forgotten all about the spiritual hunger that drove them out into the wilderness. And see, that's what happens it's bait and switch. They came out for one thing. Jesus fed them, having compassion on them, and yet now that's all they want. We don't need to hear any more of your preaching, but keep the meals coming. That we like. In verse 26, Jesus says this, You seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Jesus knew this would happen, and yet he's using it as an illustration that gets recorded in his word for us to know about, to share, to see the pattern in our own world. If people can get by with just getting 
stuff from the church, totally without regard to hearing the gospel message, that's what they'll choose to do. We must not cater to that. Jesus did not. We must not cater to it either. And at the end of this chapter, in verse 66, which I did not read, this is what it says. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Why? Because he was harping on the fact that you must eat my flesh, you must drink my blood. It was a metaphor. He didn't use the word like, you must eat my flesh as if it's bread. No, he said, you must eat my flesh. But Jesus always spoke in metaphors like that. It was to shock you into a deeper understanding as to what he was really saying. We are creatures with material and spiritual needs. And the material needs we have dominate our, us at times. When we're hungry, when we're cold, it's hard. It's hard to think about pleasing God. And we want to barter with God. Will God just meet my needs? And then I'll seek you. But even there, I don't think God lets us off the hook. We must regard spiritual nourishment as superior to earthly. And that's why we're to fast. That's why we're to buffet our body to make it our slave. God commands us to live in the spirit, and so we have to address our spiritual hunger first. Many say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I have no idea. I can skip it. I don't mind. But this is the most important meal of your week. You must understand that. You must serve your spirit before you serve your bodies. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the clear words of Christ. And yet so many people, hundreds, thousands of people perhaps, were off base. They saw the free food and they wanted the free food. They thought that was what they needed. That was what they wanted. But no, Lord, they were fooled. They were deceived. And so we pray that no such deception would plague the church today, that we would be free from that, that we would honor you by challenging people with the truth of the gospel, that we would not just hand out free stuff and expect people to stick around for the message afterwards. No, Lord. We pray that you would make us faithful to you, faithful to serving you with the gospel message. And especially as we come to you now at the table, we ask you, Lord, feed us spiritually. Make us want this more than food, more than life. We give you thanks for this meal for uh, all of your many gifts to us in Christ's name. Amen.